Welcome to this peer voice activity. To access the entire activity, including supporting material, go to www.peervoice.com forward slash RTV. This activity is supported by an unrestricted educational grant from Taiho Oncology Europe GmbH. Welcome to this peer voice panel discussion on targeting FGFR alterations in cholangiocarcinoma. This activity comprises two presentations featuring Professor Arndt Vogel, Dr. Angela Lamarca, and Professor Lorenzo Rimassa. At any time during this presentation, you may download supporting materials and share this activity with colleagues. Hello, my name is Arndt Vogel. I'm a medical hepatologist from Hanover Medical School in Germany. I'm very pleased to have my colleagues, Dr. Angela Lamarca from um, Madrid in Spain and Professor Lorenzo Rimassa from uh, Milan in Italy today with me. And we would like to discuss with you the opportunities we have today for patients with FGFR2 fusions and cholangiocarcinomas. Uh, so cholangiocarcinomas are rare tumors. And in general, we distinguish between intrahepatic and extrahepatic cholangiocarcinomas. And specifically in intrahepatic cholangiocarcinomas, we can find a lot of genetic alterations for which we have already targeted therapies available today. In around 10% of patients, we can find FGFR2 fusion. And maybe, Angela, can you briefly explain so what which what kind of genetic alterations do we find and how do they affect uh, tumor development? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the targets that we have in cholangiocarcinoma is FGFR, as it has already been said. And we have three main alterations that we have we can identify in FGFR. We can have FGFR fusions or rearrangements. We can have mutations, activating mutations. And we can also have amplifications or an increased number of copies of the gene. All these three types of alterations, they are going to activate this pathway and therefore producing uh, an, an can, a cancer or a higher activity of cancer in the cell. By this inhibition, what we are able to do is to stop the growth of the cancer. And this is what is of interest in cholangiocarcinoma. The main alterations of interest in cholangiocarcinoma are in FGFR2, especially FGFR2 fusions. And by doing an inhibition of the FR2 in the presence of an activating FGFR2 fusion, we are able to have an anti-cancer activity. Okay, Angela, thank you very much for, for giving this brief introduction in FGFR2 fusions. And before we start uh, to talk about the specific treatment of these patients, maybe, uh, Lorenza, can you give us a brief overview on the current standard of care for patients with cholangiocarcinoma? Yes, for patients with advanced or metastatic cholangiocarcinoma, the standard of care in first line is chemotherapy associated with immunotherapy where available and uh, chemotherapy with a cisplatin gemcitabine and immunotherapy with immune checkpoint inhibitors. For patients who progress on first line, we have a second line chemotherapy with the regimen of Folfox and in some countries also with a combination of naliri, fluorouracil and folinic acid. But it's very important to um, perform a molecular profiling to all patients with advanced cholangiocarcinoma so we can decide the second line according to the different mutations. We have different alterations that we can find, FGFR alterations, IDH alterations, and many others. We won't go into the details, but it's key to have the molecular profiling for all the patients. Perfect. Thank you very much. Okay. So, so then let's move on and, and really discuss uh, the targeted therapies for patients with FGFR2 fusions. 
when we think about FGFR2 fusions, we have a lot of drugs available, which is really exciting. And um, I think there are three which are of more importance today because for two of them, we have already um, FDA and EMA approval. Um, so we, today, we would really like to focus on pemigatinib, pulivatinib, and a new drug, a new kit in the block, Relay 4008. And maybe we can start off right away with our oldest, if you like, um, FGFR inhibitor, pemigatinib. So, Lorenza, can you give us a brief overview on, on the activity and the study Fight 202 with pemigatinib? Yes, the Fight 202 um, was a phase two single arm study of pemigatinib um, that enrolled patients with uh, a locally advanced or metastatic cholangiocarcinoma with uh, FGF, FGFR known status, and I will show you more details in a while, and uh, um, previously treated uh, with uh, at least one line of systemic therapy. Um, the, um, the study included uh, three cohorts. The uh, most important uh, results in the cohort A are the overall response rate that was the primary endpoint of the study, that was 37%, with a disease control rate of 82%. That is something that we were not used to see in patients with cholangiocarcinoma. The duration of response was uh, nine months, and the progression-free survival, seven months at the median, and the median overall survival, 17.5 months, again, in patients previously treated. And this cohort enrolled approximately 100 patients. In terms of safety profile, the most common, uh, ob commonly observed adverse event is a hyperphosphatemia. That is a class event uh, related to the mechanism of action of FGFR inhibitors. Then we had also alopecia and diarrhea. And the most common grade three or higher adverse event, again, was hyperphosphatemia. Serious adverse events uh, included other uh, events like abdominal pain, pyrexia, cholangitis, or pleural effusion, and 10% of the patients uh, discontinued treatment due to treatment uh, emergent adverse events, but importantly, no death were uh, observed in the study. Perfect. Thank you very much. Okay, maybe just let's jump directly to the next drug, Furibatinib. Angela, can you present the, the, the study? Yeah, of course, Futivatinib is one of the new drugs under development. Um, the study design was quite similar to the Pemigatinib. So again, a, rando, a non-randomized single arm phase two study in the second uh, line uh, setting after progression to prior chemotherapy. Our patients were receiving Futivatinib 20 milligrams orally once daily with the primary endpoint being response rate. The median follow-up was 17 months, and as we can see in here, we had a good response rate, a response rate around 40%, 42%, with these 103 patients reported in this slide, a median progression-free survival of nine months, and a median duration of the response, which is very important as well, of 9.7 months. Regarding the safety profile, we see similar safety profile to um, other uh, FGFR inhibitors. We have, again, the hyperphosphatemia, the alopecia, and the mucositis, also diarrhea, dry skin, and the, and the fatigue. Um, but again, highlighting the grade three um, treatment-related adverse event was mainly hyperphosphatemia, which we know doesn't usually have a very significant uh, clinical implication. So overall, treatments are well tolerated with no deaths. Uh, associated to this. Perfect. Thank you very much. Okay, now let's move on to the third drug, Relay 4008. And Lorenza, can you just briefly summarize the what we know so far? 
Yes, uh, really, 4008 is a new drug. It's a highly selective FGFR2 inhibitor that has been studied in a phase one trial uh, with a part one of the dose escalation that uh, defined the uh, recommended phase two dose and then the dose expansion. Uh, the doses that has been test- have been tested are 20 to 200 milligrams uh, per day or uh, twice a day. And uh, in the dose expansion, different cohorts of patients uh, were included um, with uh, FGFR2 uh, fusions pre- prior with prior treatment with other FGFR inhibitors or without prior treatment with other FGFR inhibitors. And also patients with other FGFR alterations were uh, included in the study. The primary endpoint is overall response rate. And if we consider the overall, um, all the dose levels, the uh, response rate was a 63%. But if we consider the recommended phase two dose of 70 milligrams per day, the overall response rate is 88% with a disease control rate of 100%. At the time of data cutoff, 88% were uh, remaining on treatment and 100% had ongoing response. So it's a clear different results compared to the other drugs. Okay, perfect. Thank, thank you very much. And I think you have already uh, given a, a, a nice point to which we should discuss. You said that in the relay study, um, there were people that were pre-treated with other FGFR inhibitors, which indicate that we can sequentially treat our patients, obviously, with FGFR inhibitors. So, Angela, maybe can you just briefly summarize what are the differences, the main differences between the three drugs we have uh, just uh, introduced? What we have seen with the FGFR inhibitors is that we are having new drugs coming into the field. And the main main um, new design or the main uh, difference between these drugs is the fact that some of them are being developed as irreversible FGFR2 inhibitors. So therefore, they seem to be more potent. And, th- and that is what we are also seeing in clinic with a higher response rate, similar to Futibatinib, and we are now seeing with the relay. Okay, so... We have different generation of FGFR inhibitors with different binding activities. And obviously, some of these um, FGFR inhibitors can also bind to, to, to fusions with specific alterations. And maybe, Lorenza, can you briefly comment on this and how can we sequentially treat our patients? What do we need to consider? Should we re-biopsy our patients? Can we use liquid biopsy? So how should we decide to start? With which inhibitor and what can we do? Yes, we know that uh, some of the FGFR inhibitors may work also in patients who um, develop resistance to other FGFR inhibitors. We know that resistance can be associated to um, resistance mutations. And so uh, we the, the liquid biopsy can be a good option to see which mutations develop and which drug we can use in a second line after the prior FGFR inhibitor. We have, for instance, futibatinib that has shown the possibility to be used after pemigatinib or other FGFR inhibitors. And as I said, really for 008, we have results also in patients previously treated. So a new biopsy or a liquid biopsy is important to see which mutations uh, have been developed and uh, which drug can be used uh, um, in after a prior FGFR inhibitor. Yeah, okay, that's, that's really excellent. I think here um, it's really important to understand which drug still has activity with which resistance mutation. So 
sometimes you really need to have uh, somebody uh, who's really very familiar with these resistance mutations. Of course, all of this has been tested in vitro, and we need to see whether they are all these uh, resistance mutations would also be sensitive in vivo in our patients. But this is ongoing work, and we have seen already some very nice data for Fudibatinib, and as you have uh, correctly highlighted, also in the real-life studies, specifically these patients have been included. And I think these data um, uh, will really, uh, when we see more data, be, be, we will most likely be really able to better understand who can be sequentially treated or not. At this point in time, we do not see major differences in PFS and overall survival for pimigatinib and um, and fudibatinib. So both drugs are probably um, valid options for our patients. For RELI, we have seen very high activity, activity against resistant, on-target resistance mutation. But here we really need more data for PFS and overall survival. And these data will actually be, uh, more data will be presented at ASCO this year. So I think this will be extremely interesting to see. I think I would like to 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 summarize this um, session. Um, FGFR2 fusions can be detected in around 10% of patients with intrahepatic cholangiocarcinomas. Specific tyrosine kinase inhibitor have been developed to target these fusions. We have highlighted three of them, differences between them, and also provided some some evidence that these uh, FGFR inhibitors can be sequentially used. And we do observe on-target resistance mutation. And here, as Lorenza has correctly highlighted, we should do a sequential biopsy or use um, a liquid biopsy to identify these alterations and to determine whether we can um, um, use whether we can use additional FGFI inhibitors in these patients. I strongly recommend to discuss these patients in a molecular tumor board. And for our uh, basic scientist colleagues, we, we, we clearly need to better understand the resistance mutation, specifically for those drugs that have higher efficacy against the on-target resistance mutation. So we need to learn more about off-target resistance. And with that, we might be able to further extend the survival of our patients. Thank you very much for watching, and I hope you enjoyed our session on FGFR2 fusions in cholangiocarcinomas. Hello, my name is Arne Vogel. I'm a hepatologist from Hanover in Germany, and I'm very pleased to have my colleagues, Dr. Angela Lamarca from uh, Madrid in Spain and Professor Lorenzo Rimassa from Milan, Italy, joining me today. I welcome you all to this activity on FGFR2 targeted therapies in cholangiocarcinoma, where we will address the patient case and exam the possible treatment option options we have available today. So this was actually a case who was treated in our clinic. It was a 48 years old woman diagnosed with cholangiocarcinoma. So she had some unspecific um, symptoms at the time of presentation um, and uh, cholangiocarcinoma was diagnosed. It was liver limited and resectable. So she received a resection. And um, after surgery, um, we had a trial open the Actica study and we included her into the study. And she was actually randomized to the GEMSYS arm. Um, so she was treated for six months with um, GEMS-cytobinensis platin. And maybe, Angela, could you briefly comment? Do you think um, adjuvant therapy is something we should use in the clinic or not? And what would be your standard of care today? 
Yes, so the current standard of care in the adjuvant setting is for all patients who have had a curative surgery to receive adjuvant capsitabine. As you mentioned, this patient was recruited in a clinical trial, and this is why I assume you use this platinum cytabine, because there was um, there is an ongoing, the Actica study that you just mentioned, which until is reported, is unfortunately not the standard of care. So the current standard of care is the capsitabine based on the BILCAP study. Hopefully, we will have a change in this treatment in the coming future. Yeah, we will see. Recruitment has been finished, and now we have to wait for for uh, for for the data. So, unfortunately, and something we see quite often in the clinic, the patient eventually developed a recurrent disease after eight months. And maybe, uh, Loretta, you can jump in here. So, what would you do next in a patient that has been treated with gemcis for six months, and then after eight months, she developed recurrent disease? Yes, uh, actually. This is a patient who relapsed on uh, uh, the um, after the adjuvant treatment that was the um, now the standard of care in, in first line. So I would use the, the treatment uh, for second line. I would use full fox in patients without a molecular profiling. But I would. Uh, uh, strongly uh, recommend that patients uh, have a molecular profiling and so we can find potential actionable alterations and decide the following treatment based on the um, alterations. Okay, so this is very important. So you would start chemotherapy for Fox because she had already received GEMSYS and uh, as you highlighted, we should do a molecular profiling as early as possible. And this is exactly also what we did. So we were also not sure whether we should reintroduce GEMSYS because she had quite rapidly, I would say, after eight months developed recurrent disease. So we thought also about second-line treatment. And at the time, the Naviric study was recruiting in, in, in Germany. And in this study, we evaluated the efficacy of Naliri 5-FU compared to 5-FU alone. It was a negative study, unfortunately, as we have reported. And she was in the Naliri 5-FU arm, so she received doublet chemotherapy at the same, the same time. We also initiated molecular testing, and she was uh, positive for an FGFR2 AFF4 um, fusion. So this will offer us more opportunities, right? So what do you think, um, um, uh, Angela? Yeah, definitely. I think in the presence of this FDFR2 fusion, I will try to have an FDFR inhibitor uh, for, for this patient as my next uh, option of treatment. So do you have a preferred FGFR inhibitor you would use, you would start today? To be honest, I think I will go with whatever is available. Um, we have approval for both pemigatinib and also uh, futivatinib. So I will go to whatever is available uh, in, in the country where we are practicing. And of course, any, any setting of clinical trials as well where FGFR inhibitors are being developed. Yeah, I completely agree. And at that time, there was no uh, approval for any of the FGFR inhibitors. And um, in, in, in our center, the 522 study um, was recruiting patients and we included her into the study. It's a single arm study, so there was no randomization, of course. So she was treated with um, pipigatinib and she really responded nicely, which was really uh, amazing because, I mean, she had progressive disease of chemotherapy very rapidly, and now she had a deep response with pemigatinib, which lasted for more than two years. She was actually 27 months um, uh, on treatment with pemigatinib. Eventually, however, she developed um, progressive disease, primarily in the liver, but also extra hepatic, uh, uh, some peritoneal carcinomatosis, 
So, um, Loretta, what would you do next um, after after failure of pemigatinib? But if possible, I would do a liquid biopsy to see if uh, other mutations uh, have developed. And uh, um, if so, and if there are other FGFR inhibitors available in clinical practice or in a clinical trial, I would go for another FGFR uh, inhibitor if possible. If not, if the liquid biopsy cannot be done or there are no uh, further FGFR inhibitors available, I would go for another uh, chemotherapy uh, regimen. Any preference? What would you use after after Naliri 5FU? I'd probably full Fox. Okay. So uh, so we also thought about this. Um, we decided because gemcitabine uh, uh, cisplatin was now a long time ago, we thought about a reuse of gemcis, which did not lead to anything. I mean, she had rapid um, disease progression on the first CT scan, so this was not really... Um, helpful at the same time, as you have suggested, we also performed actually not a, a liquid biopsy because we were actually not able to detect the fusion in the blood. So we did a re-biopsy of one of the progressive lesions and detected one of the well-known resistance uh, mutation in um, 549K, for which we know that th these uh, mutations induce a resistance um, against um, pemigatinib. So since she did not respond to Gemsys, we were hesitant to use Folfox um, because she seemed to be very chemo-resistant and because she had liver-dominant disease, we decided to use a Y90Z therapy um, after discussion in our um, tumor board. Um, now, change uh, the time has changed and we have now more options available. And maybe, Angela, you can comment on on this case. So with the knowledge we have today and the options we have today, um, is there anything else we can do with a, with a resistance mutation like this? Yes, yeah, so the more drugs we are developing for FEFR uh, alterations, the more we are understanding how we can really um, treat these patients with these resistant mutations and we are having new generations of EFR inhibitors, like for example, Futibatinib and Relay, who are really um, being able to, to treat patients who have progressed to another FEFR inhibitor. So I will really encourage to recruit this patient in one of these clinical trials or to use, for example, Futibatinib, which is uh, approved um, yeah, for for a VFR to uh, fusions. Yeah, and I could not agree more. And this is exactly what we did. So when we diagnosed this resistance mutation, uh, we double checked uh, um, whether this mutation would or could be uh, sensitive to fudibatinib. And at the time, um, a uh, compassionate use program of fudibatinib was initiated in our clinic, and we were able to to treat her with. Um, and we started this treatment in May 2021. And uh, remarkably, she also responded to um, Futibatinib. So she had a nice response, not only to Pimigatinib in the first line setting, but also to Futibatinib with a sequential treatment of um, an FGFL uh, inhibitor. Eventually, after, again, um, uh, more than a year, she developed progressive disease. Um, and maybe what what should we do next? Maybe Lorenza. So should we can we again rebiopsy? Should we do that? Would it be meaningful? Um, if possible, again a rebiopsy or liquid biopsy. I know that we cannot 
easily identified fusions, but we can identify maybe other resistance mutation, or if possible, I would include the patient in a clinical trial with uh, um, new FGFR inhibitors. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And uh, we, um, I think you have already briefly mentioned Relay 4001, which is also a new FGFR inhibitor, which has even a broader activity and also high activity about multiple um, on-target resistance mutation, for which also uh, we know that FGF, that putibatinib, um has no activity anymore. So I agree, even after two treatments, um, um, after two uh, therapies with FGFR inhibitors, we can Think about the rebiopsy and also about the third FGR inhibitor. And this is exactly what we are doing with this patient now. So with this, I, I would really like to summar, summarize this session. Um, I think it's very important that we perform NGS profiling in our patients with carcinoma. In around 10% of the cases, we can detect FGFR2 fusions. We do now have different FGFR inhibitors um, available. Um, we know that these patients can have either primary resistance, but also can develop on-target secondary resistance once they have been treated. We have now second and third generation FGFR inhibitors available, which also have activity against some of these um, FGFR resistance mutations. And therefore, we strongly recommend, I would say, um, re-biopsy of these patients and an analysis of the resistance mutation and an evaluation whether we can sequentially treat our patients um, with a, a, a subsequent FGFR inhibitor. So thank you very much also to Lorenza and Angela and also you for your attention um, and listening to this activity. This has been an activity published by Peer Voice.